0: Giving your child the right start and building a really solid foundation is crucial for their emotional development. And in this week's episode of First Time Mums Chat, I'm chatting with certified toddler yoga teacher and infant massage and baby yoga instructor, Jen Cooper. You'll hear Jen and I talk about various topics, including encouraging and developing emotional resilience, Emotional Intelligence and Mindful Activities. I'm Helen Thompson and welcome to First Time Mums Chat. I'm a child care educator and baby maths instructor. and know that being a parent for the first time is challenging and changes your life in every way imaginable. To help ease your transition into parenthood, I aim to offer supportive, holistic approaches and insights for mums of babies aged mainly from 4 weeks to 10 months old. My goal is to assist you to become the most confident parent you can and smooth out the bumps along the way. This podcast is brought to you by My Baby Massage. To find out how Baby Massage can help you to increase your confidence and feel more connected with your baby Check out My Baby Massage introduction video at mybabymassage.net forward slash intro. Let's do this together. This podcast is for informational purposes only and does not constitute medical advice. Please contact a medical practitioner if you are concerned or have any medical issues. Hi Jen and welcome to First Time Moms Chair. I always enjoy talking with you, since we've got so much in common with the baby massage side of things. I'm looking forward to learning about some areas that are new to me, particularly baby and toddler yoga, and how they help toddlers and infants learn about their emotions. You also mentioned when we last spoke about the areas of emotional resilience, emotional intelligence, and mindful activities. I'm looking forward to exploring these with you as well. Can you start by telling us about your background and how you ended up in Hong Kong doing what you do?
1: Hey, thanks for having me, Helen. So I'm Jen. I'm from the UK originally, from all over. lived in Oxford, London. I grew up in Leeds, and most recently I'm from Scotland, which is where my little girl was born. So I'm a mum of a two-year-old daughter, and shortly after I gave birth to her, I started experiencing postnatal depression and it was in the middle of lockdown and we were very isolated. And I was very lucky to be offered baby massage classes on the NHS as part of my treatment for postnatal depression. And it was really, really life changing, really saved me in a very, very dark time. And it's from there that my interest in baby classes. And now I teach baby massage, baby yoga and toddler yoga in Hong Kong. And toddler yoga and baby yoga are the two subjects that I'm really excited to talk to you about today, about building emotional resilience and emotional intelligence in our children, which is something that's
0: so important. So how does emotional resilience help with our babies in relation to baby yoga and baby massage Mm.
1: Well emotional resilience and emotional intelligence is something that's so important and I think that this new generation of mums coming through are particularly interested and invested in their child's emotional development it's something that everyone's attention is on at the moment and in terms of the baby yoga and toddler yoga we're building a really really solid foundation in those classes for children to grow their emotional intelligence and develop emotionally through their childhood and in my baby yoga classes which starts at eight weeks old we're already modeling to the children breathing techniques we might be doing some mantras we're doing massage which aids in infant mindfulness And mindfulness of movement as well and as we move up through the older ages as the children from about seven months old and up and in the toddler yoga classes we're speaking to the children about their emotions we're ensuring that they feel comfortable sharing their emotions that they know that it's safe to be angry it's safe to be sad they're allowed to feel those things we help them with naming their emotions and then we also provide them with healthy coping strategies in class too
0: I like that because that's what I try and do when I work in childcare to try and encourage children to let their emotions out. When I was a kid, I was always told to suppress my emotions. I wasn't allowed to let my emotions out. And mm-hmm. I think it's really important to let kids know how to do that. And I think yoga is, is a great way to do that because you're also helping the mum as well as helping the child. Absolutely. Absolutely. And
1: in terms of the- The breathing exercises that we do, it's just as much about teaching the adults in the class how to teach the child to breathe and how to model that breathing so that they can use it at a later date if the child is deregulated, having a tantrum or if something happens. And it's about giving them ways to cope and not saying, go away, I don't want to see you like this. It can be very difficult, I know, as a parent to see your child in distress. It's not comfortable for us. But giving the parents a breathing exercise that they can teach to the child gives them something positive that they can use in that moment, rather than allowing themselves to be frustrated and allowing themselves to get angry at the emotions that the child is feeling.
0: When you're doing baby yoga, how do we teach him breathing? Is it just like you are doing baby massage by cues and your baby whilst you're doing it? Is that sort of how it works?
1: Yes, in baby yoga, the breathing exercises are mostly performed by the parents, and they're modeling for the baby, that breathing. but we do some breathing exercises that are really beneficial that the child benefits from in that moment too. So a really good example is my bee breathing exercise, where we hold the babies really close to the parents' chests, they hold the babies nice and tight with their head in their hand and the body in the other hand, and we'll inhale in through the nose and exhale between the teeth to make a buzzing sound.) And if you try that you'll feel that your chest vibrates and by holding the babies nice and close to our chests, they can feel that vibration too. It's very grounding for them. We're creating a white noise in their ear. And also they're becoming aware of our exhale because we're making it obvious with that sound. And then the babies start to regulate their breath too. And when we practice that in class, we often find that the whole atmosphere of the room changes all the babies settle and calm very quickly. And they're all listening to the parents to see what they do. As the babies get older, they also start copying and they'll start making that buzzing sound. Or sometimes we'll do it with a shh or a s sound. And when the babies start to copy it, that's the babies becoming aware of their exhale, which is a really important step.
0: I think that sounds lovely. Gosh, I wish I had a baby so I could take them to your classes. It <laughs> sounds really nice that you do that because, as you know, with baby massage, the skin to skin is so important because they feel the mother's heartbeat and everything else. But I never thought of it when you're breathing and relaxing. You're actually teaching your baby to do that as well.
1: Yes, they're very, very aware of their grown-up and what, what their grown-up is doing, and they follow our cues more than you can realize. And for a very long time, that's the case. I mean, to be honest, it can work on adults as well, can't it? If you've ever been in a situation where you're having a volatile argument or perhaps if you work in customer service and you've got a difficult customer who's getting irate and you'll find that if you take a breath and if you calm down, they can catch that calm. And I think humans are very intuitive creatures. So in general, if somebody calms down, then you'll come down and meet them. But that's especially true of babies and particularly with their caregivers.
0: Yes, So you mentioned also mindful activities. What are mindful activities that you do with babies, toddlers, and caregivers and adults? Well, some
1: examples of mindful activities that I use are really, really simple and easy. Any parent could do it at home. So for example... When we're blowing bubbles at the end of class, all toddlers love bubbles and a bubble machine. So instead of popping the bubbles or running around mindlessly in the bubbles, we're mindfully trying to control the bubbles with our breath. So the babies and the children try to blow up the bubbles and move them around the room. So that's a really, really simple tweak to an activity that a lot of parents will use anyway to make it slightly more mindful. And we have several breathing activities that we do with the older babies and toddlers Things like putting a pom-pom on the floor and the baby or toddler will blow it to move it across the floor. Blowing a feather up into the air, they have to try and keep it up with their breath. So those are the breathing exercises that we might do. In terms of other mindful activities, any kind of sensory play is extremely mindful for a baby particularly, because they're so involved in all their senses and all that discovery, they can really lose themselves in the activity, as you'll see with any baby or toddler, they can really lose themselves in play. So the kinds of activities that we do in class are playing with a sheepskin rug. It might involve, I will give out roses to the children and they can smell the rose and pull the rose apart, maybe put the petals on their lips and really explore the sensations of it. We sometimes play with instruments, banging on a drum and listening to the sound, listening for how long we can hear that sound for any kind of sensory play is a really fantastic mindful activity for babies and for toddlers, and I work really hard to make sure that the sensory activities in my classes can be incorporated at home as well. It's not something that you can only do in a baby class, hopefully it will give the parents and the carers some kind of an idea of what they can use at home, what they can utilize in their day-to-day
0: play. I think sensory play is so important for, mm-hmm. for babies especially, but also for when they've got ADHD or anything like that, if they can be t- helped with that when they're young it can soothe them with so many elements i've experienced that a lot in my childcare, yeah. as well as in the baby massage it's so important with the sensories and you can give them so many different things to do when you're massaging as well so i think the sensory activities are a great and i know you also do songs as well because i follow you on instagram <laughs> and i'm amazed by some of the things you do i loved your scottish theme Yes, that was last
1: week. Yeah, that was really, really nice. Oh, one of the sensory activities I was really excited about was I created little spice pouches, including Mm. spices that go into haggis. The babies smell the spice pouches. And for the older children, I separated out the spices. So the one pouch was thyme and one pouch was nutmeg and one pouch was black peppercorns. And they had to close their eyes and they had to match the scents to each other. These Mm. ones and these ones same and so on so I was really proud of that that was a really fun activity and that's a fantastic activity
0: yeah it is and it's good for their senses it's good for their smell it's good for their awareness to feel the touch and the feel of the different textures and everything as well
1: Mm -hmm. it allows them to get curious which is a really important thing for children and I do feel that for a lot of parents especially really busy parents that work really hard And that's the case all over the world. Parents are so, so busy. Mm -hmm. And particularly in Hong Kong, where the working day is very long, they often feel very overwhelmed, feeling like they need to provide sensory activities. It's just another thing on my to-do list. Those kinds of activities are more complicated than just getting out normal toys. And it's part of my mission, I think, in classes, to show the parents that it can be really, really simple things that you already have at home, that you just utilize in a different way. Or you just change your language when you're talking to the child about what they're doing?
0: Yeah, I think changing your language in talking to children, whether that be in classes or whether it be with senses, even if you're taking them for a walk and taking them outside, talking to them about what's happening and talking to him about the flowers and saying, smell that. And what does that smell like? And Mm -hmm. I think that's so valuable. Even when they're older, I've done that with a four-year-old. I take him swimming sometime and we walk back to the garden center. He loves going in there and smelling all the flowers. And I take him around that they've got little oils and essential oils. And I get him to smell those and tell him which ones he likes. And one of the people there commented, she said, I love your communication. This little friend that you bring in because it's such a lovely adult caring communication and how you involve the senses and she was amazed and I said well it's just what I do naturally and it helps that child it really helps them to calm down because if he's stressed or whatever and I take him in there he just calms down instantly Mm, absolutely
1: I think children tend to be very focused in on their senses aren't they And Mm. that sort of fades as they get older. So a lot of what we can do is about encouraging that curiosity, encouraging that sensory exploration, and just helping to remind them that that's there and that's something that they can come back to. I love that you do that with a four-year-old, and I really hope that that's something that he'll keep coming back to throughout his life and he'll remember, that's an activity that I can do that I enjoy. It's nice to explore smells. There's a writer I really like called Gretchen Rubin, and she investigates happiness has been doing so for years she's written lots of books on it and she recently wrote a book about the sense of smell and happiness and and how the two can correlate i think that's a really interesting read
0: yeah i'll have a look at that because i think that would be good because it's such a beautiful thing to do Mm. so let's just bring it back to yoga before we finish so is there anything that you'd like to add more on the yoga side of the emotional and resilience and breathing techniques and even songs I do a lot of songs with baby massage as well I know you can do that with yoga
1: well something that I incorporate into my toddler yoga classes and I think that a lot of toddler yoga teachers do this too is incorporating stories into the class Mm -hmm. so every class is based on a book we read the book together and we explore the narrative through our movement and through our bodies So for example, if the story includes an elephant, we might start doing a pose that makes our bodies look like an elephant's body. Or if there's a bat in the story, we might do a pose that takes us upside down with the help of the caregivers. And that's another way to explore emotions and to build emotional resilience in your toddler is to help to encourage them to name the feelings of the characters in the book. Well, how does the monkey feel now? He's lost his mum. He must feel really sad, right? Hmm, I wonder how he's feeling now. He's found his daddy. Do you think he feels better? And so on. And that's a really fantastic way to introduce to them the different feelings, to talk about the different feelings and to name them at a time when the child is not experiencing those feelings. It's important when a child is having a tantrum or is feeling angry or is hitting, of course, we name the emotion at that moment, but it's also important to name the emotion at a calmer moment too, so that they can really learn it and understand it cognitively. Because in the moments of stress and the moments of tension, it's not a learning moment. The brain's not primed mm. for learning at that time, so mm. that not going to go in. And that's why it's really, really useful to use books and to talk about feelings in a calm moment, which is something that we do in toddler yoga.
0: I think it's also good to teach them that before they're having a temper tantrum. Exactly. Mean, I don't like to say before the terrible twos, I had a lovely chat with somebody on my podcast, who called it something else. I think the positive twos, it was just a different interpretation of it. But if we can teach them at a young age, how to deal with that emotion, from when they're babies through to when they're twos or whatever, then they'll know how to deal with their emotions before they get to those terrible twos. It's how we incorporate and how we teach our children. If we teach them, to release their emotions and express their emotions well then they're not going to have those major mm. temper tantrums as much because they'll know well, how to deal with them
1: yeah I agree with but you I, to an extent I like to call it the typical twos because it's typical for a two-year-old to experience tantrums yeah their brains are still under development aren't they and they don't have the ability to regulate those emotions and that's not something that we can teach them we can lay the groundwork and we can encourage yes. that learning but it's absolutely not The fault of the parent is something that we missed out if they have the tantrum. But yes, we definitely can lay that groundwork, get the children used to talking about feelings and we can say to them, wow, you're really angry right now. It's okay to be angry. It's safe to be angry, but we don't hit mummy. Let's do something else right now. Let's move away from that. But yeah, I agree. I think it's a really good idea to move away from that terminology of the terrible twos. It can be terrible for a parent. It's hard work, isn't it? When your child's having tantrums and are deregulated, it's exhausting, awkward when you're out in public, particularly when you're dealing with lots of other people in public, strangers who might have opinions about your child's behavior. And it's really difficult to focus on them in that moment. I think if parents just remember about kindness and it's about helping that child to feel safe with that emotion so that when they're older, when they're feeling angry and sad, they will have the ability to restrain that emotion. They'll have the ability to keep themselves calm externally. They need to be able to feel like it's okay for me to be sad. I can tolerate being sad and I know that that's all right. It's okay for me to be angry and I know that I can tolerate that and I can deal with that. That's a much healthier outlook than an adult who is so angry they don't know what to do with themselves. They don't know how to cope with it and they cannot abide anger. They cannot stand feeling angry. So they'll do anything to avoid it. And that leads to these avoiding behaviours in adult life that can lead down more dangerous roads in terms of coping mechanisms and strategies that adults might use. So I think, yeah, absolutely. The most important things are to name the emotion, to help the child to feel safe with that emotion, and to make sure that they know with kindness that they are loved no matter how they're feeling. We want them around and we love them and we feel comfortable with their feeling, however they're feeling. While also making sure that they know it's not okay to hit, it's not okay to bite, it's not okay to throw things, et cetera, et cetera.
0: Yeah. And I think that's where the emotional resilience comes in, mm-hmm. as we've just Absolutely. been discussing, giving them the tools from a young yeah. age to learn how to do that, to <laughs> learn how to deregulate.
1: You asked me about what songs I like to use in class, and there's a fantastic song an old Mr. Rogers song. Any American singer might know it. Yeah, he was a kids TV presenter in the States for many, many, many years. And he has a song called What Do You Do With The Mad That You Feel? What do you do with the mad that you feel when you feel so mad you could bite when everyone else is so, so wrong and nothing you do seems right? And then it gives lots of strategies that you could do. Like you could jump, you could kick, you could run, you could punch a pillow. And these are all safe, healthy things that you can do. So songs like that are really, really useful. And just general singing, action songs, lots of body Mm movements, and allowing the child to learn how moving their bodies in different ways makes them feel. And I think that baby yoga and toddler yoga classes are a fantastic foundation, not only for the children, for the babies and toddlers, to learn about their emotions and to develop their emotional resilience, but also to teach the adults and the caregivers who come to those classes, the parents and the caregivers, can learn how to support that emotional development and how to manage their own emotions around that child and how to stop themselves getting frustrated or upset when the child is having a deregulated moment or is needing support. Because That really is half the battle.
0: Yeah, I definitely agree with you on that one. Mm -hmm. And I like that you use movement yoga because in my childcare career, I used to do a lot of movement with the kids when they were getting ratty and they were getting all sort of uptight and just being chaotic and running around and fighting with each other. I used to defuse the situation, put on some music and get them to just play games yeah. with me. And I know how valuable that is from the childcare side. So thank you for sharing it on the yoga side. Yeah, it's a
1: really, really powerful tool. And I think it's about supporting not only the child, but also the caregivers around the child, giving them strategies to cope. So we do all sorts of things in yoga class both baby yoga and toddler yoga, that work towards building emotional resilience and that leads children
0: towards emotional intelligence as they get older. Thank you. You've covered a lot in this, so thank you for sharing that. How can people get in touch with you? Great. So my website
1: is www.little.hk. My company is Little Hong Kong. My Instagram handle is at little.massage.yoga. And on Facebook, you can search me, Little HK. And later on this year, I will be launching a video course. So there will be remote access courses available of my classes. So keep an eye out, anyone who's listening. If you head over to my website, you'll see a pop-up, which will offer you a free PDF for a nighttime baby massage routine. If they enter their email, that PDF will be sent to them. And then they'll also be the first to know when those baby classes go
0: live on the digital course so thank you so much for being on the podcast i really enjoyed having you and it's been great to talk with you again i hope you find jen's insights about the wonderful world of baby and toddler yoga and how it helps them to learn about their emotions and develop emotional resilience, as fascinating as I did. I've included links to Jen's website and social media in the show notes, which can be accessed at mybabymassage.net forward slash podcast forward slash 112. Does your baby have colic, constipation, trapped wind, baby massage may be the solution you've been looking for to help you experience less crying, less stress and have a happier, more contented little one and household. I've created a free introduction video to baby massage that demonstrates its many wonderful benefits and how it can help both you and your little one. You can access this video by going to mybabymassage.net forward slash intro. That's mybabymassage.net forward slash intro. Next week, I'm chatting with a mum of two, mindset mentor, time management guru and alignment coach for mums, Jill Wright. We will be discussing the importance of learning to trust yourself and listen to your intuition and following your inner voice. Be sure to listen to this episode when it comes out next week. And please subscribe to First Time Moms Chat via your favourite platforms so that you get quick and easy access to all of our episodes when they are live.